Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto's special one-shot movie review of Dark Phoenix. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm a geek culture philosopher, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Jolly Rancher. Hey, what color? Hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. It's got to be the right one. Don't get it wrong, please. It's Red Phoenix. Thank you. Yes. It is Red Phoenix Jolly Rancher. It burns in your mouth. That's and it'll correct. kill you, but you'll be back. Fire. Rise from the ashes like Gene Gray. <laughs> uh, hey, here we are. We're doing a one shot for the movie X-Men Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the uh, uh, this is a one shot that we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, Have I'm you must, ever tried to start a podcast? I must apologize. Work. We are we are coming off of the heels of doing episode 109 right now, mm-hmm. uh, which was filled with hijinks, and uh, we recommend that you listen to that episode. And if you have seen X Men Dark Phoenix, then you can check out this episode. This is a one shot, like I mentioned, correct. And we are going to get in the thick of this film, mm-hmm. X Men Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we advise that you do not listen to this unless you have seen the movie. Correct. All right. Um, and this is a blackout congregation principle. Correct. You don't want to ruin the experience of the film mm-hmm. by listening to the review first. So if mm-hmm. you have not seen the movie, yeah, hit pause on this. We are going to stay here. I'm going to stay frozen. And then reanimate as right. soon as you are back. Right. right. That's how podcasts work. We're yep. always going live. We keep doing the show over and over every time you hit play. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're actively sitting in a room. That's right. Can't leave this room. Please Until you finish. Call help. Please call help. For God's sakes. Get us out of here. Have you ever been stuck in a room doing Has a this podcast? happened to you? <laughs> uh, well, you're waiting for people to press play. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're a little bit delirious right now. The, I, the Phoenix Force has gone into both of us and mangled our brains a little bit, scrambled them around a little bit. And uh, we are going to do a review of this movie. We got to put the spoiler wall up, so on, so on. Do you want to lay down some context? This is, you know, uh, what? Why is this movie special? Is it special? <laughs> Is this me? Is this me? Is, <laughs> is this, this you? you? I don't know that. Well, listen, I don't, I'm about to say too much. So this is the end of, well, might not because we still might have New Mutants. We don't know. <sighs> Maybe. But, new Mutants is that friend that keeps texting you and you'd be like, yeah, I'll be there in 10. <laughs> you'd be like, you've been saying that for two years, brother. But I'm, but I'm going to make it. I'm right around the corner, man. I'm in an Uber right now. Just caught it. I'll be there in 10. Right around the corner. Mm-hmm. You may never come out, New Mutants. Never going to happen. R.I.P. You died before you were born. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Well, um, this is, air quote, the end of the X-Men movies, generally as we know it. Like this line. From Fox. Yeah, from Fox. Starting with X-Men almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, up until now, this is kind of the conclusion of X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, um, um, are we counting X Origins in that? That's Wolverine? a separate No, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, first Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and, and now the fourth film in this current arc of X Men. Yep, X Men Dark Phoenix. But those those two halves are kind of put together to make one. They combine those two. Yes. Yeah. So that's right. this is the ending of all of that. Uh huh. Last one. As Fox has put it in their advertisements, this is the end game for X-Men. No, they didn't say that. Yeah. 
Come on, guys. Uh huh. Shame on you. Come on now. Uh, and uh, that's don't that's put the it, idea. Don't bring that's in game that's what we're building up to this culmination. Um, so we're going to get into the film. I just want to put the spoiler wall up mm-hmm. and immediately. Yeah, we can just do that right now. So we're going to go ahead and erect the spoiler wall. If you come with us, that's on you. If you haven't seen it, go see it and then join us shortly thereafter. Spoiler wall is going up. Three, two, one. Spoilers. It's your fault. It's your fault. If you're still here, it's because you want to be here. That's right. And you've seen the movie or you don't care to and you want to hear us talk about it. Uh-huh. And we fend to do that. That's right. So, storyline. Mm-hmm. Here's what it says on IMDb. Read it. Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that <laughs> corrupt and turn her into a dark phoenix. Uh-huh. That's, that's the... Now, oh. the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member... Is worth more than all the people living in the world. You know, it's funny when you read it like that. I don't think they ever actually said that in the film. Well, <laughs> I this, feel like the stakes of the IMDb <laughs> summary are greater. That's someone's review. All that's right. someone that they, uh, this is exactly that's a, what, that's a user. Gene Gray begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn into them. X Men. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. Dang. Director Simon Kinberg. Uh huh. Talk about Simon Kinberg real quick. Talk about it. Simon Kinberg, this is his directorial debut. Mm. This is the first film he has ever directed. Mm. The only other thing that he has directed uh, is actually recent. It's the finale, the final episode of the most recent season of Twilight Zone. Prior to that, he's been a screenwriter and a producer. He was actually producing all the way back to X3, Mm -hmm. The Last Stand, Mm -hmm. where he also wrote the script. For that very movie, mm. which at the time was remembered as the worst X-Men movie. Mm. And it, the Dark Phoenix is part of that storyline, <laughs> if you recall. So he wrote the script on that one. Flash forward, he's been a producer on all of the X movies up until uh, after that and up until where we are right now. Now he's in the director's chair and he wrote the film. So this is and his... And he wrote Triple X State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Uh, so this is his vision, right? Writer, director of Dark Phoenix. And he's had his shot, right? He has, he has shot his shot many years ago for The Last Stand. Uh, and that is just some stage setting, right? He's not new to the X-Men. This is, he's new to the director's chair, but not new to the X-Men. That's where we're at right now. Okay. We usually do a gut feeling. So why don't we start there? Okay. Octavius. Professor Xavier has sent you on a dangerous mission Mm. because he trusts your supernatural abilities Mm -hmm. to make it through. Mm -hmm. At the end of this dangerous mission, you're sitting in a movie theater. Mm. What is your gut feeling? That's your gut feeling? (laughs) Who is that directed to? I don't know. Xavier? That's what it felt like. Scatterfire like a predator? That's what it felt like happened to me. Uh Felt like I had been shot by multiple bullets. Who shot you? Who shot you? This movie shot me. Gotcha. just felt like... What? What? I just... That that is really the feeling. I was just like, what? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. What? What? Wait. What? What? What is this? What? What? Uh-huh. I was... That's really what it is. I was just like, what was... Like, why did... Why did we just do that? Why did we just do that? That's a great question. Why did we just do that? I... What about what about yourself? My my gut feeling was uh, what was the point of this? And knowing right. that knowing that um, this is the last Fox X Men movie, 
that there will not be new ones, you know, barring the existence of new mutants, whether or not that will ever come out. Right. Which, which, um, don't, which we don't, really don't know. We really don't know. That might just be like straight to VHS one day. <laughs> yeah. Because they keep pushing. It's got to be in pushback three. You're going to walk into two, McDonald's one day and they're like, do you want to upgrade your meal? It comes with a, a it comes with, uh, it comes with a VHS tape of New Mutants <laughs> and a, uh, a glass uh, that you can drink out of with Two-Face on it. Remember that glass? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just tossing shit together at, here at McDonald's. Uh, it, look, it, I, I was wondering, what was the point of this? We, we're not going to get another X-Men movie after this. This is uh, supposed to be the culmination, the conclusion to a four-movie arc. That's that's not nothing. That's a lot of movie. And The Dark Phoenix is a celebrated storyline that many comic book fans are familiar with. Mm-hmm. It should be a very exciting romp. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, my, my real gut feeling is that was terrible. Terrible. Bad and boring and pointless. So why don't we just break that down? Fair enough. Why don't we break that Let's down? Let's get into it. Yeah. So I'm going to just tell you this, man. From sitting in this movie and watching from jump, I was bored. Oh, yeah? I was bored. When did that sink in? It, it the, the movie just was kind of like, all right, what's this movie about? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, the point, and the point of this movie is what? And there's just a lot of talking and there's a lot of just like emoting. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of, this is really serious. This is really important. Like this is, there's, there's really these really big stakes and these people are talking to each other with really, really breathy and it's really important. And I'm just like, what, wait, what, what, so what's going on? Yeah. Like what, what is the meat of this story? What is happening in this story? Mm-hmm. And didn't really seem to have a point other than I got this power and now I don't know what to do. Yeah. The movie. What's your familiarity with the source? I mean, I'm genuinely, generally familiar with the story. Sure. You know, I always wonder stuff like that. You know, people who have read it recently, maybe, right. This is a story that ran in the, uh, long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. John Byrne, Chris Claremont, uh, uh, this is a story that maybe you haven't read for a long time. Maybe you've never read it, but it's it's a quintessential X Men story. And this was a story that actually made Jean Grey powerful because yes. for a long time before Jean Grey was kind of like damsel in distress, mm-hmm. really couldn't really do anything. Yeah, she was doing like force field stuff and the te- uh, telepathy and and all that. Yeah, and this like really ratcheted that uh, like leveled up. her up a lot. That's right, to and the, like the most powerful. And, and the crux, the crux of the the Dark Phoenix saga in the comics was the way that it tore her from her community, from her friends and teammates, from her uh, lover, from Scott, from her mentor, uh, from Xavier, and in the relationships. That's that was what was at the center of everything in the comic books as a as a primer here. But the struggle that we have in the film is this is. This is the second movie in which Sophie Turner plays Jean Grey. So it's the second movie in the series in which we have Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. But I would go so far as saying it's almost as if it's the first because Apocalypse, she was a supporting character in Apocalypse. But she fully flamed out she, into the Phoenix thing at that point. And look, in that movie, no? Am I remembering that correctly? You are remembering that correctly. Didn't we actually mention that in our one shot? Yes. And, and this movie does not seem to remember that. So it's almost like that didn't happen. That's right. At the end of Apocalypse, Jean Grey taps into the Phoenix and, you know, goes Super Saiyan, 
to to defeat apocalypse correct that's right yeah and mm-hmm. then it's almost like gene you you can do whatever you want yeah gene yeah 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 yeah, yeah, like, yeah all right cool this is very much like the crime alley of gene gray Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really clunky. We don't have a lot of time to spend with these characters. So seeing the relationships change, it's just pointless. You know, uh, let me let me talk about some of the things that I, I think. you've got notes, Adam. Oh, I took notes. You've got notes. I, you know why I took notes is because I'm, I was so frustrated and let down by this movie that I, I needed to organize my mind. You know what that feels like? Where you're like, I, I just, I know I'm going to argue about it. Mm-hmm. I need to get it right. I need to put it down somewhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like I owe more effort to discuss this movie than the movie gave to us in presenting it. Mm. Cause this, you know, this movie is supposed to take place in the nineties and not one of them in the film looks like they're in the nineties. They got flat screen TVs in the X mansion. I didn't even put that together. It's just like, y'all just don't care. The world building to the wayside. And at this point, it's just like giving up. All right, well, this is the last one. Fuck it. Mm. <laughs> ship it right and I, I felt that at some point in time this just kind of resignment anyway look there's some things that i did like and okay. I, I just want to have some positive aspects in here jackets pepper this in here did you like the jacket i'll rock a jacket you will rock that i'll rock an x jacket if they have it in my size i feel like the x jacket would look good uh irl in the movie i was not very impressed with the way that they looked that was from like the grant morrison they look like the new X-Men. Yeah. Graham Morrison run. Yeah, that's right. I actually like the X outfits in Deadpool 2 more. Hmm. Uh, teenage Warhead. Ninja Turtles? Yeah, no. Teenage I know, I know. Warhead. Teenage, Negasonic Teenage Negasonic. Warhead. That's right. Her her X outfit is awesome. Cool. In Deadpool 2. And I was hoping we see something like that, but we, we don't have that. Either way. They gave you plenty of X's. We, we, oh, X's on everything. X is on the Quinjet. X it's is on the, the phone. It's the X, man. I know what it is. Yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. You don't got to wrap my guy up in tape and go, well, while I'm doing it, let me make sure I put an X across your chest. Mm-hmm. I know it's the X-Men. We know. We are aware. We we know what we're here for. Come on. Yeah. Well, look, I, I have to admit, <laughs> I have to admit that like the, the X stuff, that works for me okay because there's a certain camp to the X-Men that I'm cool with. But that's not how they functioning. I understand. They're functioning like it's serious. Yes, I agree. They are functioning like it's serious. I did enjoy the beginning of the movie in that it presents the X-Men like they're America's superheroes. I did think that that was interesting. That's an interesting concept. But they didn't concept. spend that much time on it. No, and, and everything I bring up here that I enjoyed, they did not spend time on or they just abandoned. But I, I thought that that's a kind of an interesting idea. They are the darling superheroes in America's, uh, America's eyes. They kind of almost had like a pop star or a boy band feeling. You know, they walk out of the Quinjet and they're clearly on a soundstage and everybody's CG'd around them and they have like signs that say, we love you, Kurt, and stuff like that. I, you know, I kind of enjoy that aspect. Mm-hmm. What I want to see fleshed out from there is how they fall from grace. What is it like when the public turns on these media darling superheroes? The police, the police, the, not the police, the president stops answering the X phone. That, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we know. That's how we know that things have changed is... Suddenly, Xavier can't call the president. It's the X-Men. I don't need to see an X yeah. on the phone. That's, <laughs> let's talk about Xavier. I also think a positive is this movie begins to examine Charles Xavier. And Mystique's critiques, mm-hmm. uh, you see what I did? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Mystique. That's like the back of her comic. <laughs> that's right. This is that's her. Uh, Submit uh, your questions. The Mystique's critiques. Mystique's critiques. Oh, Have you <laughs> ever tried to pronounce critiques on a podcast and couldn't do it? <laughs> Call me. <laughs> so Mystique finally calls out Xavier for a lot of his troublesome behavior. I yeah. Mean, here's a guy who takes these kids and raises them as though they are his, and he effectively uses and manipulates their, them and their abilities for, you know, serving his concept of what justice is, mm-hmm. right? And Mystique, rightfully so, as, as I've seen in other comics and have enjoyed, points that out as being like, that's problematic, dude. Like, what are, you're feeding your ego. You got a phone line to the president on the X phone and you're raising us <laughs> like we're your kids and you're making us do oh, this stuff. Man. And th- not to mention the things that you did to Jean Grey's brain and the mental blockers. And, and Logan's the way brain. That, yeah, and so it like- It seems like it's Professor an, X's go-to is like, are you having a problem? Are you having a problem with your brain? <laughs> Call me, Professor Xavier. Yeah. I'll just block it off like it never happened. Exactly. No problems anymore. I did you up. go <laughs> did you go through the Weapon X program? No problem. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? You were in an airplane with your brother who once uh, at, at a certain point in time is named Havoc and both of your parents died or so you thought. And well, your dad actually was joining the Star Jammers, <laughs> and he was a pirate and out of space. Has this ever happened to you? Call me, Charles Xavier. <laughs> I'll fix you right up. You won't remember nothing when I'm done. I'll delete your memories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that how the school for gifted youngers ha- youngsters happened? But for real, yeah. I mean, in like Mystique, like pulls that and, out. But seriously, is, is that his go to? Is this go to? Let me sit down and have a therapy session with you. Find out what's really going on mm. and then delete. I guess. Well, you know, here this is why I found this aspect interesting. In in Xavier's mind, he's helping these kids deal with trauma. But what he's not actually doing is teaching them how to recover, right. how to face their trauma, right, right, how right. to engage with it and then and to heal internally. When you really think about because I, I I go to therapy. Yeah. And a large part of going to therapy to suppress your optic blast eyes. Optic right? blast. Yeah. Um, a large part of going to therapy is what I've learned recently is to talk about my emotions yeah. rather than talking from my emotions. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, certainly. Like really working through how do you feel about that Octavius? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm no, 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 no. How do you tell me the words of how you feel? Yeah. You know, and yeah. it doesn't seem like that's what he's doing. But and that's, that's the same time he started this when he was young, too. That's right. And it helped him work through his stuff. That's why I think it's such an is- interesting angle. Or it could be an interesting angle. If you spend more than If half you a second spend on it. time on it. And what does this movie do? Well, they kill Mystique in just the least ceremonial fashion. It's just, it, it's almost like the sound effect wasn't in there. You know, it's just like, and it's done. And then Xavier apologizes for his behavior. Yep, she's right. I'm sorry. And that's that. And that's that. And and they just leave it to the side. Instead, we focus on Jean Grey and her super out of control powers and how wild they are. Which is what? Is Captain Marvel. Like has has the ability to just rage. And And uh, even if you know the story from the comics... The movie doesn't explain itself. No. We're no. out there in a ship on a mission. Mm-hmm. These are children. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Another like, thing Xavier should be guilty for, you know, he sent them out on a, in a spaceship that he knew wouldn't reach. 
all the way out in space. They talk about that really briefly. You know, the Quinjet can't go up that high, but we'll just do it. You got to do it. And then they go out there, and of course it fails. And then the Phoenix inhabits Jean Grey. And she's like, oh, wow. I feel like I just had some uh, GNC protein powder. I feel mm. great. What protein powder are you taking? Whey. But that like really large jug of whey protein. Phoenix you know? flavor? Phoenix flavor whey protein. Mm. A little cinnamon in there. Mm. Right? Burns the throat. Fire. <laughs> right. And uh, she's just talking about how juiced she feels and feels great. This movie really wants to say that Jean is so confused about what to do with her power. But the bottom line is no, nobody should care because we haven't spent any time with her. Who are you even? Uh, coming from a, right. an, an avid X-Men fan, I can still say from the context of this movie, did nothing to introduce who the character is, her relationship with Scott, mm -hmm. her relationship with anyone. So when she does freak out, well, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And the extent of her freak out is she makes the pictures rattle on her dad's house, like they're, the walls shake, and then the cops come. It may as well have just been a domestic dispute. Well, her freak out also is that that big old, you know, not big old, that... Everything is so small. So small. Like the fight scene where Mystique dies. It's so like, small. They're just fighting in a little uh, uh, suburb. Little neighborhood. Yeah. And not even like in, in a grandiose way where you feel like the people in those houses are in danger. Nobody came out of their house? No. Well, I wouldn't come out of my house. But I'm just saying, people would have been running or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie is very small. Do they have uh, Stallone security systems? They do not have Stallone security systems installed. Paint, paint cans in the uh, stairwell, hot doorknob, crossbow in the doorway. That's right. That's right. Um, look, I, is, it, does this movie feel small because it came out after Endgame? What is I it? I don't think that's what it is. I think it feels small because it doesn't do a good job of creating. I mean, John Wick, right? Mm -hmm. Who do you think, what movie has a bigger budget? John Wick 3 or freaking Dark Phoenix? I'm inclined to say Dark Phoenix. I got that X-Men mo money. Right. Yeah. But when you think about John Wick 3, it seems like a significantly larger movie. Yeah. And the story is more fleshed out. Yeah. And it's a freaking nuts riding on horses, motorcycles, samurai swords, guns, mm -hmm. machine guns, mm -hmm. bulletproof helmet. You know what I'm saying? Like... And they travel, you know, like they get in John Wick, you have the sense of John Wick going to Casablanca. They talk about that. He gets there. He has an adventure there. He comes back. There's a sense of scope. This movie he's goes to different places. I mean, the whole point of John Wick is that he's constantly running and moving mm -hmm. and going somewhere. Mm -hmm. This movie just felt like they were just standing still for two hours. Which is really saying at something. Each other. Which is saying something because this movie starts in outer space. So you would you should have a sense of scale and adventure, and but, it but shows is, it shows a planet being exploded, and still, oh, it just it's just so it just cold. Like, it just looked like graphics on the TV. Yeah, who cares? It was, it was like a screensaver. So now we have the villain. All right, Jessica Chastain, and let me just say, Jessica Chastain and many people in this cast are great performers, are great actors. They have great talent. That is buried under this movie somewhere. It's like a, a, a guessing game of who's giving anything to their character and who just gave up that day. Jessica Chastain plays the most boring villain ever. And to, uh, up until the point where we got out of the movie, I didn't realize how to name. I had to look it up and read about it. And I was like, what is that? 
Yeah. Aliens. The aliens. Yeah. They're just aliens that wanted that power that Gene had. Yeah, they they and, they are the last survivors of the planet that was blown up by the Phoenix. But apparently they people had been camping out yeah. on planet Earth. So either they're scrolls or they're from What's the movie that just came out? Uh, like Dark Superman movie. Oh, uh, Brightburn. Brightburn. So these these guys are called the Debari, and the Debari. But uh, the movie don't tell you all this. Nah, there's one scene where they say Debari, but it just happens too fast. It's almost like you're either supposed to know or it doesn't matter. And I'm saying they probably think it's the latter. It just doesn't matter. And bad guys from outer space. Yeah, and this Jessica Chastain is playing a character from the comics named Vuk. V- V-U-K. They never said her name in this no. movie, did they? No. And apparently her, the character was a male in the comics and Vuk goes on to become uh, Starhammer. And Starhammer is from the... Now think in the comics, all right? Put yourself in, in the comic books. Here's the story. Jean Grey blows up this planet. Jean Grey does while in freakout mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, being possessed by the Phoenix. Right. And uh, destroys the Dibari planet. Starhammer, or Vuk, was on Earth or another planet and finds out that their home is destroyed. First thing they want to do is find the person who did it and make them pay. Mm -hmm. That's the character that was in the movie. We got none of that. None of that. Instead, we have Jessica Chastain can uh, T-1000 into human body, and all of these aliens can just turn into... People like scrolls, and they like to crush your stomach, and they like to crush your stomach. And I think Vuk is trying to like teach Jean Grey how to contain the Phoenix so <sighs> she can transfer the Phoenix into her body. I was just kind of lost. Like, what are you doing here? She was like trying to expose Xavier. She was as, like, "We've been looking for this power, so we can use it to create a new planet for our people." Sure. Yeah, none of that is, it's all subtext and it's stuff that you need to read in a wiki. And that's bullshit. That, they didn't have any time to spend on that in the film. And that means that you don't even, I didn't know what the villain's name was when the movie was over. Not to mention, I don't, I don't care about the villain. And the one thing I know about the villain is they can turn into people and apparently can't be shot by guns. But which unless, is, the, unless the gun's big enough. Unless the gun Which is that threw me off too because I was like, because remember in the movie I was like, Oh, so wait, so can they be shot by guns or can't they be shot by guns? Oh, no. Because in some situations, they were shooting them with guns and they were falling down. Yeah. Other circumstances, they were shooting them with all the guns. And they were just like, I cannot be harmed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then there's the sequence on the train. You know, that entire train sequence near the end of the movie, all from a reshoot. Evidently, the, the first iteration of Dark Phoenix ended way too similar to Captain Marvel. So oh. the end of Captain Marvel and the end of this movie were really close. Hmm. And so they were... How, in, what, in what sense? No, don't know. That's they, just the word on the internet. They, they haven't even said it was close to Captain Marvel. They said it, it was close to a recent existing Marvel movie. And it's the assumption is this was probably really similar to Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it was something about like Jean learning to wield her power and everything's going to be fine. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. So they have to reshoot a lot. And it shows because as soon as they get captured and they're put on the train and there's that whole like train tight corridor fight sequence, mm-hmm. it's like a completely different movie from the beginning and not a good one. It's just completely different. And they do the tight quarter 
uh, action sequence and the train and the Magneto controls every gun on the train and fires every gun at Jessica Chastain. It just sucked, man. This movie sucked <laughs> it so sucked, much. Man. It did. It sucked so much. And it sucked in, in surprising ways. Because like, after seeing Apocalypse... You know, look, we reviewed Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. When we reviewed Apocalypse on this show, we gave up on the review. We, we, we like we quit it. We said it sucks, and we walked out of here, right? Because it was bad. That movie, at least in hindsight, now that I look at it after seeing Dark Phoenix, at least Apocalypse was big and over the top. And I went to a movie and I got something wild and yeah. a big spectacle. Yeah, I can't believe it. But Dark Phoenix made Apocalypse look better. It's almost like Dark Phoenix. They didn't even try. No. And yet, I know they did because they did tons of reshoots. Mm. So what happened? Action sequences are bad. Yeah. Dialogue is bad. Emotions make me strong. How about this? How about bad. this? Uh, the Frogger situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a sequence in the movie, an extended action sequence in this movie. Where I was like, finally, we get some X-Men action. Yeah. And let's I, go. I was stoked to see a confrontation. You have Magneto and his, th those were Genosian, I, I assume, Genosian mutants. So they mm -hmm. were like creating their own mutant sanctuary. Mm -hmm. One of them fights with his hair. Uh, whatever whatever it's very mutant right it's very x-men they just do this wild stuff right so uh magneto and his his uh cronies show up and they're trying to reach gene gray and magneto pulls the train out of the ground uh, pulls for, a subway for car some reason yeah and, and then why did he do that i don't know did he pull it out didn't he literally pull it out of the ground yeah. to just pull it behind him yeah he could have done that into with virtually a, into anything. a building could have done with cars or nails why or did you do that don't know do not know. So this sequence, this action sequence is X-Men trying to cross two lanes of traffic. And I was thinking in Apocalypse, again, Apocalypse was huge. At the end of Apocalypse, do you remember that they were fighting in this like hurricane of shrapnel and laser beams? And, and they put the metal girders in the ground. The metal girders the in the ground and the four horsemen of the Apocalypse. X. And it was huge. Yeah. And uh, in this one, they're playing Frogger. They're trying to across the street they're jaywalking and i just thought this is nuts this is not as far as the fourth film in a series this is not an escalation of action this is not an escalation of anything well oh, man and another thing tell if, me if this movie is around 30 years after first class because days of future past was 10 years after mm -hmm. and apocalypse was another 10 years after so i assume this is another decade no one, no one has aged a moment. Hank looked like he was 28, beast. Mm. He should be in his 50s. Yeah, it, for me, it just kind of looks like they've resigned. Who cares? Whatever. Why put in the work? We know we're going to... You know what it is? It's like when you know you're going to get a failing grade anyway, so why even bother? I've done that. You, you know? You get the <clears throat> test in front of you. I didn't read that book. Why even bother? Right. John Wick Chapter 3 which stars Halle Berry in a supporting role, cost an estimated $75 million to make and roughly $40 million to market. Okay. All right? Now we've got um, uh, uh, Deadpool, $58 million. Logan, $97 million. Dark Phoenix production budget was reportedly $200 million, My God. Which ties it with X-Men Days of Future Past for the highest cost and the four films featuring the first class cast. 
Well, Dark Phoenix also has another title under its belt. It is now officially the worst-reviewed X-Men movie. It is pretty miserable. It is pretty miserable. does not help that the X-Men rarely wear those cool X-suits. So we rarely see X-Men in their outfits. Magneto's not in his, and Cyclops is not in his. You know, at least when you see a a comic book movie, if you're a kid, at least you go home and you draw the characters, right? What are you going to draw now? They're just like in their street clothes. And all the villains, all the aliens, the Dabari that they fight, those were all just people in plain clothes too. This movie was boring. It was like a telenovela. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That fight scene, it was really hard to like determine who was powerful and who wasn't. Right. You know? Right. Like, who was stronger than who? Who was more powerful than who? Who had the leg up? Mm-hmm. Who was the big bad? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was all just kind of like... You know, when you're in a busy city, you just kind of hear bah, bah, people talking outside. Mm-hmm. It's just like that was the stakes out there. It's like we're just having a fist fight yep. while the real stuff's going on inside. City sounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know what you mean. I know what and you mean. And then for some reason, they got James McAvoy, McAvoy walking up the stairs. Oh, man. that Profess- what, 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 what was that supposed to prove? What was that? You can do anything if you put your mind to it. What? So I'm going to have you walk up. Like, who's making these calls? I can imagine Disney was like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just, just give, give me, just go ahead and, just go ahead and give that, yeah, give that back, hand it Thank over. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was daydreaming the entire movie about how Marvel Studios will do an X Men movie, and I wonder how many years will it be before they 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 shoot their shot. Do we probably need like to all just kind of like wash the guess. taste out of our mouths? I guess you know. If I had to guess, I'd probably be like five years. Five years, and they'd probably come with something obscure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in my mind, they're setting up for X-Men with the Eternals. Sure. I can see it. You know, with the Deviant Gene and, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that is really where the whole idea of mutants come from. Mm-hmm. Like, there are these three different kinds of people. There are these Eternals, there's the Deviant, and then there's humans. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Do I have that right? Something like that. I think sure. so. And, you know... The whole idea being that at some point when, <clears throat> I don't know, something sets off whatever it takes to activate the the, the mutant gene. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, the snap. Mm-hmm. Maybe sure. the snap, the big power surge. Boom, yeah. That, Things just kind of click into place. That activates the mutant gene. Uh-huh. And while, you know, it's always been there and we kind of explore the Eternals and all that kind of stuff. And then we come back around in a couple of years and it's like, mutants. Yeah. They've always been here. They just haven't activated their powers. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, it, it, they could do virtually anything. They can just say, you know, a new time-space rift opened up and in another world, superheroes look like mutants. Hey, hello. Come and help us on our journey. Who knows how they're going to do this? What I have faith in is Marvel Studios will do a better job Apocalypse was rotten, and somehow, I, I thought it was impossible. 200 million. I thought it was impossible to make a, a worse movie. This movie was worse because it was not even interesting. Not even interesting. And why did Cyclops just drop the F-bomb, like, out of, oh, out of the blue? You remember that scene? Yeah. What the? He wanted to let you know that he was serious. That he's a tough boy. Yeah. Yeah. If man. you hurt her. 
Man. Oh, oh, and they had oh, the, if you, I, I wish you oh, oh, I wish you would. I wish you Optic would. Blast. Her one hair on her head. Yeah. It's like, but you can't kill the people out front. Yeah. In the street. Their Quinjet had a uh, Cyclops periscope where he could look at wherever he wanted and zap with his eyeballs through a periscope. That that was like an action figure thing. To and me. I, I also like, didn't I, I also didn't understand breathing outside in space. Who did that? Nobody did that. Well, when they were in the ship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When he when when um Nightcrawler was bamfing back and forth. Yeah. But when he was in the ship with Quicksilver, Quicksilver didn't have anything on his head. Mm-hmm. Do you peep that? I think he's kind right, of running yeah. around doing all the stuff. I wasn't even. And then he attention. bamps back. Yeah. But then when Nightcrawler goes back, he put the thing on his head. Yeah, he tapes it all around his head. And then he goes in, but he has to like, why does he need the thing on his head and you don't? Don't know. And why does G need the thing? Not need the thing, but I would I would have to catch that again. But I I definitely won't. Uh, but at, it's at that point where I just started going. Oh, so y'all just gonna do whatever y'all want to do? We just don't care. Here. Okay, cool. They, they take Quicksilver out of the movie really quickly, uh, pun intended, and and it is anticlimactic. You know, he was a really, really huge part of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. As bad as that movie was, much of that movie was focused on his relationship to Magneto and the conversation they were going to need to have. And I guess they just decided not to. Or maybe they did. They, they just patched it up off screen. I don't know, right? They just dropped that. Completely drop that. Like they drop Quicksilver on his face and then he's just out of the movie for the rest of the movie. Jennifer Lawrence, you know, kudos to her. You're the real MVP. You recognize you were in a movie you don't want to be in and you had yourself get killed as quickly as possible so you could just walk off set, smoke a cigarette. Good for you, Mystique. Smartest thing you ever did. Just go smoke a cigarette? Yeah. Well, she was just like, all right, peace, I'm out. Just, why don't you go ahead and fridge my character? Why don't you go ahead and make sure that my death is the motivator for the characters to finish the rest of the movie? They needed something to avenge. Laters. Um, we got a couple of those classic X-Men pseudo cameos. Mm-hmm. I saw Quentin Choir near the end of the movie. I assume that was Quentin Choir, one of the most powerful mutants uh, in the uh, newly dubbed Jean Grey school. That was whack. They just, she disappears or dies and they just rename the Quintavious school. Choir. He's got Quinn QQ. You, are you looking at his name right now? Quintavious Quirinus uh-huh. Choir. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Also known as Kin Omega. Kid Omega. Is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics, usually, usually in those... Featuring the X-Men. That's Grant Morrison's run. That's the New Mutants. Yeah. Quintavious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, this movie. You got anything left to say about it? Nah, man. This drone was trash. This drone was trash. Let's grade it. Uh, I give it a D. Yeah. I give it a D. It's not an F. It's not one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's significantly below average. That's the thing about it, too. I think if, if I could give it an F, then I could say it was such an outright failure. It was almost funny in the way that it was failing failing but in this it's just it's just weak all around even the way that it fails is mediocre you can't even fail right no hey how you fail wrong i don't know <laughs> ask simon kinberg i don't keep this man away from x movies from here on out you had your chance with x3 last stand 
doing this story. Doing doing this story. Yeah. It's not like it was a different story. How'd this guy keep his job? Can you imagine messing up so bad, like with X3, and then sticking around long enough to get another shot? Like, we collectively, as a community, do not like that movie. No. And now you made another one on the same story? Yeah. You're like, round two, fight. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> not perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. It was rough. No no uh, credit sequence, uh, no end credits, no nothing. It's almost like at the end of the movie, you know, in the same way that uh, uh, Endgame has no end credits as a way of paying tribute, like this is the end. It's thoughtful. Sad. In this one, it's just, it's almost like it was an Irish goodbye. You know, it's just like the movie snuck out the back door while nobody was looking. I got to imagine the people at Marvel Studios watched this movie and were like, oh God. Wow. <laughs> wow. So... Y'all just not even going to try? Yeah. Wow. Not good. Not not very good. Very much looking forward to Marvel Studios taking this one over. We give it a D. Internet, what do you give it? I give it a D. Me too. <laughs> I think that one was trash. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been in a situation where you're watching a movie <laughs> and from the first 15 minutes, you're like, Wow, this is trash. Yeah. Yet you watch the rest of it anyway. Now <laughs> you sit here and you 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 review the movie. Is is this is this ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Call me, <laughs> Matt Bronzolino. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like somebody I went to high school with. Like legitimately somebody that I I clicked on Facebook and said I want to see posts from you. Anymore. I will fight for you to get a refund from your local movie theater. Oh, I do want Matt Bronzolino on my call my, me my team. Did you watch trailers for uh, Dark Phoenix when they said this movie was going to be good? Though you went listening and believing, however, come to find out. This movie is the juice in the bottom of the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Call me, Matt Bronzolino. You know what I did? Like? I will fight for your refund. I I, I went. I will at least I... get you a gift card to go see another movie. <laughs> Sweet of him. <laughs> I went. I went home and I, I I wanted a palate cleanser and I watched Once Upon a Deadpool. And Once Upon a Deadpool was is that the, your first time seeing it? Yes, it was the PG thirteen re wrapping remix of Deadpool two. And I thought it was great. In some ways, funnier than the original one. Agreed. Because it had to be smarter. It can't be. Yeah, I don't know if it was smarter. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it, it couldn't be like, penis! Yeah. Balls! It, it can't rely solely on vulgarity, so he had to. it has to do other things. And the best part to me is it was a movie that was made after Deadpool 2 was released and reviewed. So it gets to indict itself mm -hmm. for the things that it does mm -hmm. wrong. Like the moment when they're like, oh, wow, you just fridged your wife. Isn't that an important character? And Deadpool is like, what? What the hell is fridging? And Fred Savage explains fridging a woman in the comic book trope and how that's messed up. Mm -hmm. And also the part where they talk about Cable. He's like, you got Cable in this movie? Cable, and he's 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 Nate Summers, and he's from the future, and he's got the, the mutant virus, and he's he's back now to save the day. And they didn't include any of that. <laughs> but it's just like it's nice that they recognize it, right? Uh, that was a better dead. That was everything's better, better than this. That was, a, that was a better X Men movie for me. Is uh, Deadpool two? It's got Colossus. It's got Juggernaut. It's got better suits. These those have Colossus. It's in got this fire movie. fists. Yeah. Yikes! For your fist. Yeah. All right, internet. Run.
Do not walk away in the opposite direction from the dork phoenix. And run to me, Mike Bronzolino. <laughs> I will help you get let's a gift talk, card. Let's talk about how I'm never doing business <laughs> with a person whose motto is run to me. <laughs> run to me. <laughs> I will help you get your money back. Run. Don't walk into the loving embrace of Mike Bronzolino. <laughs> I will at least get you a gift card. <laughs> That's it. Internet, that is our one-shot movie review for Dark Phoenix. What did you think of this movie? Did you feel like you wanted your money back? Did you feel like you need to call Mike Bronzolino? <laughs> Let us know at Octavius A. Newman. This is a reference to nothing, by the way, just so everybody knows. It's not if you're at if you're looking around right now while listening to this and be like, what is this a reference? Oh this is a reference to nothing. For two episodes, they've been doing this freaking voice. Uh, what? Let me look up Mike Bronzolino. Yeah. There's going to come with an action Bronson. Uh-huh. Bronson. Uh, this movie, v- fuck this movie is what I'm saying. Fuck this. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was, you, you, you dug deep for that one. I had to Jessica chastise this film. <laughs> all right. That's all right. This is getting out of control. It's too late. We're out of here. We love y'all. Until next time. Peace. This movie was not being great.